Good afternoon, Brian Skiba. Welcome on VH Berries. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. I am. <laughs> I am extremely grateful. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's a Friday, you know. Uh, Fridays are always good. So. Absolutely. And I found that paper serves as a canvas for handwritten notes and scripts. And while paper is derived from wood, you find yourself, Brian Skiba, surrounded by wooden walls. Right? Yeah. I'm in an office. Absolutely. You are in a very special environment. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Um, like where I'm at with my uh, career or like, like physically where I'm at? I mean, <laughs> I meant where you are physically, because if I understood correctly, you are in a studio with wooden wool or maybe that you changed of location oh yeah um no i do i do own a studio it's in reseda california uh it's called 101 post um we also have a uh, grip works in the back so we uh, we own um all grip and lighting and camera and you know so we rent out to anybody if you're in los in the los angeles area is the best but we're happy to travel too and um But yeah, that's that's my studio. So we've got a nice studio. We also have a edit bay up front, and uh, we do um, we do post production sound. So we've got a, a room for sound design, uh, ADR, that kind of thing. So it's a uh, it's really nice to have a place to go and create, you know, and and uh, call my own. So that's uh, yeah. But you know, if you're in the LA area, you know, hit us up, come by, check it out. Um, we're always looking to help people out. <laughs> it is always nice to have uh, a place to work and if I understood correctly you have established your own campus with multiple uh, departments and for today I would love Brian Skiba to explore what you call the Skiba vision what is your definition of that word? Um, Skiba vision. That's funny. So, uh, Skiba vision. It's, it's a funny story. because um, we, my wife and I were in film school. Uh, we were just getting out of film school actually. And, uh, we wanted to make a feature, but we had no money. And, uh, and I, we were both a big fan of kind of like early John Carpenter stuff, you know, and kind of, kind of how he was like this transitional guy that was between like grindhouse and commercial films. You know, he had this like crazy vibe about his movies so we uh so we decided we wanted to make a grindhouse film because um grindhouse is is it's you know you don't have to worry about necessarily like um uh the i guess the it's, it's just a different style of filmmaking that we felt fit you know the fact that we had no money because grindhouse movies were made with no money So we were like, all right, we're going to use, we're, we're going to make this look like we shot it on old 16 millimeter. We're going to have it be over the top. We're going to have crazy gore. And, um, 
one day we were shooting a scene and it's a movie called blood moon rising it's it's out everywhere and matter of fact we're starting a uh, youtube channel called blood moon rising presents and it'll be on there uh in, in uh <laughs> it, it, it'll be it'll be on there for everybody to view in in uh in october but um but yeah that, that's our first film but we were on set and um we uh, I, I we we went through about twenty five gallons of blood on this movie, and we had a blood rig, and uh, it was it was a it was a um, it's a it's a uh, fire extinguisher that you fill with blood, and you pump the air in it, and you just you know you squirt it everywhere. So we were we were getting ready to do this scene where this guy gets bit in the neck, and he gets bit in the neck uh, by a werewolf, and we re- we had hosed we had plumbed the blood rig up to his neck. And um, I was on the rig, the DP's shooting, and uh, we just let it loose. And we probably went through two and a half gallons of blood with this guy just squirting it all over the... uh, He squirted it all over the uh, cafe. We were in it. We were shooting in a cafe. And he just covered everything. And it's hilarious. If you see the movie, it's, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, it's it's just really funny. And when we got done, one one of the grips that we were with, uh, one of the grips on set gets done and he goes, God damn, that's Skiba vision right there. And it just kind of stuck the rest of the, the rest of the time. Everybody, every time we got the blood out, it was like, it's time for Skiba vision. <laughs> and so it became synonymous with just kind of over the top, crazy, um, filmmaking, you know, crazy gore, crazy, uh, you know, crazy stories. You know, I, I usually, I usually try to reserve the label to go on films that are, you know, a little different. They're not, they're not, you're just center of the road. You know, I, I don't put them on the TV movies or that kind of stuff. It's, it's a moniker that's reserved for the features that I, uh, I, I deem have some sort of like intrinsic value to grindhouse cinema or something like that. So, um, you know, which is, which is a very unique, you know, genre, you know, not, not everybody's into it, but if you are into it, you know, I, I think you should check out my films. Cause that's, that's where we're at. I mean, Rot- Rotten Tales, another one that's just like over the top crazy gore. And so, but that's where, that's where Skiba vision was born. It was the first movie we did and everybody just, it stuck. And so, um, but I wasn't like a huge fan of it. Funny enough. I wasn't like, you know, I was, you know, my last name Skiba, but I wasn't like, Oh, that's the, that's, you know, Oh yeah, that's it. And so, I probably spent three or four years with other, you know, other names as far as my production company goes. And, and my wife was just like, no, it's Skiba Vision. You got to do Skiba Vision. That's our company. And so she was very supportive of that. And, and so I finally just uh, relented and, and went with it. And everybody loves it. Everybody I talk to, they're like, oh, it's a great name. So, um, you know, as always, my, my wife is 100% right. And, and uh, I need to listen to her more, but you know, um, it was, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun name, but it, it is a synonymous. If you see a Skiba vision film, then, then you know what you're going to get into. It's, it's going to be dark. It's going to have a little bit of humor. It's going to have some over the top moments. And, and that's, and that's the style of filmmaking I love and, uh, and I'll continue to do so. 
Absolutely. Uh, Brian Skiba, the Skiba Vision um, label has the very special recipe uh, to make uh, over the top uh, productions. And as you just mentioned, uh, you had on that set around 25 gallons of blood and there is also a variety of layers uh, that we can find uh, inside this uh, Skiba Vision Movieverse or what I can also call the Skibaverse Vision Movie, which is uh, at the contrary because I switch the words. Yeah, I like Skibaverse. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, but no, we've we've got I've I've got a I've got a you know I've I've got more films under that label that are being currently developed. We've got one called Cold Deck that's you know kind of this revenge thriller that's really dark and cool that'll be out soon. And um, Lionsgate just picked it up, so it'll come out through Lionsgate. Um, my guess is probably around Christmas, but um, or, may, or maybe maybe in the spring. I don't know. They, but um, they just they just they just got it. So yeah, it's um, yeah it's 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 fun and it's a it's a blessing to have the support I have from the you know the CEO at Lionsgate Grindstone and uh, you know his support's been amazing and so he's he supports you know he he likes he likes what I do he likes he likes the type of films I make and you know that's that's important is to have people who have your back and uh, as a filmmaker and as an artist you know i mean generally at the end of the day we're we're artists and we're just creating art and hoping that people like it you know and so that's you know that's it's always a risk but um you know i've been been fortunate and so i i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to create more of that label and, and give people more of what that was you know what skiba vision is and what it's all about and so um, I'm, 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 uh, I'm looking forward to the future as things, you know, get bigger and better. So you are, uh, Brian Skiba looking forward, uh, to the future. Um, and it is, as you just mentioned, very important, uh, to have, uh, the support of all of those, uh, production, uh, companies, especially when it comes to, uh, make what you, uh, call the grind house movies. What is your meaning of the word grind house? Um, the, the meaning of grind house is, is, um, for for me, I mean, it's it's definitely a it's definitely a genre. I mean, it was it was a genre created in the in the fifties and sixties, which is, is synonymous with really independent film because in the fifties and sixties, you know, you had studio movies, and then you had these these guys with their you know their eight millimeter cameras or sixteen millimeter cameras if they had the money. Um, out, out making these just kind of like crazy indie indie films and and uh, you know and it became kind of like these uh, you know the Toxic Avenger you know these you know which was a little bit later you know I know that's eighties but you know you're you're talking about 
these uh you know these vampire and dracula movies and they're gory and they're just you know they they fit in this kind of genre world and and it's and it's it's like you're saying each of them had their own kind of like you know universe and they're fun and they inspire um you know people to you know to to go in a different world i feel like there's just a lot of films these days you're you're either marvel which has unlimited amounts of monies to make movies and and we just can't compete you know there's just nobody in the indie world that can compete with that or or you know uh, a lot of a lot of studios are just making you know thrillers or you know these uh these um these uh cast heavy dramas or you know and stuff like that and so i feel like there's this 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 disconnect right now with with films that are you know crazy over the top fun gory you know violent you know things like that everybody's become a little a little too you know so i think i think it'd be nice to get back into those things it'd be nice to have um have movies that just don't follow the rules you know because that's kind of what we got at least what i got into filmmaking for i got into filmmaking to break the rules i got into filmmaking to make movies that you know are are you know um inspire and <laughs> and entertain and sometimes it's just meant to entertain sometimes the movies are just meant you're meant to laugh you know don't take it too seriously I, sometimes i look at some of the reviews and i'm like you know not just my films for other films and you're like man this reviewer did just miss the mark it's like it's not even he's he's not even in the right realm of of what this movie's supposed to do you know this movie wasn't created to win an academy award this movie was created for somebody on a friday night to smoke a joint have a beer and relax you know and and, ha- and laugh and have fun and watch something that takes them out of their humdrum world for a minute and uh, I think I think a lot of people lose that they lose that sense and um, and so um, it, it, it's so I, I, I'd like to get us back there I'd like to get us back into the grindhouse films and, and know that my label's synonymous with just just cool fun you know uh, content that you can sit down on a Friday night and just have fun and, and, and go to a different world, go to some place, you know, twilight zone, go to some place, you know, creep show, you know, go to some place just different and enjoy that for a minute and, uh, and enjoy the, the grindhouse label, which is, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it'll be fun. It'll be, a uh, you know, so that, that's, that's really what grindhouse means to me. And grindhouse means you're a little bit of a rebel, it's, it's got some violence. It's, it's a, you know, it's, 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 it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, for filmmaking. So, um, that's, that's really what Grindhouse is. And, and that's, that's the genre I, I enjoy. And I plan on making many more films like it. So. In definitive, Brian Skiba entered the world of filmmaking to break the rules, but also to bring inside the frame some red licorice sticks that are not for sales. <laughs> yeah, the red licorice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... Yeah. You know, again, that, that was that was a fun moment on set too. You know, this just we we had it we had it actually in crafty. We had we had the big big tub of licorice, and um, and I just was like, man, that'd be hilarious if this guy was just you know chewing, you know, just always had a licorice whip, and so we uh, we we got it in there. So it's just and and that's the fun of of 
an independent film and, and, and having to be creative on the fly as, as you get to do stuff like that. And, and, you know, and it's, 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 it's freedom. And I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's always nice as an artist to be free. So. It is always nice for an artist to be free, uh, Brian Skiba. And I would love uh, to discuss about uh, this uh, feature film called uh, Blood Moon Rising because uh, before uh, being the name of your upcoming channel that you are going to open, this was your first step into filmmaking. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Um, yeah, I mean, Blood Moon Rising was uh, my my wife and I when uh, when we were out of film school, we were, we were like, let's make a feature, and so we actually we were in Mexico. Funny enough, we were just in Mexico, and and uh, girlfriend and boyfriend at the time. But on our way back, we started just like throwing things off each other, and and uh, and we came up with this crazy idea of the Blood Moon Rising, and and uh, you know, and and just crazy one-liners, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and, um, so we, we wrote it together and, uh, and then we went out and got some, got some money from a couple of, uh, real estate guys, you know, and it wasn't much. I mean, we, we, we had $40,000, which, you know, it barely buys you, you know, anything these days. <laughs> and so, and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking less than 12 years ago. So we're, you know, and so it was like, we, we, um, so yeah, so we went to the, you know, we went to our film school and we were like, Hey, you know, everybody, we have a little bit of money, let's make a movie. And so we all got together and, and all these people from film school joined in and, and, uh, we, we started shooting blood moon rising and, uh, And it was, uh, it was pretty awesome because it started getting a buzz immediately. And people were like, oh, it's this super fun, cool movie. And we had a sales agent who was working with E1, which is now Momentum, which is being bought by Lionsgate, which will soon be Lionsgate. And so they, they got wind of the movie. And so they, they immediately um, came to set. They, uh, they watched what was going on. And by like day four or five, they actually handed us a distribution deal. And so, of course, kids just fresh out of fresh out of college, and and um, you know, no money, you know, we're broke, but we're just we're loving life, you know, and and you know, and to be handed a distribution deal was was uh, you know, it was just phenomenal. We were just on on top of the world. So we finished, so we shot the rest of the film, um, and uh, and and gave it, you know, and delivered it delivered it to E1 and uh, it was it was released um, and ha ha immediately had kind of like found its home with uh, you know these people you know with with uh, with uh, people who are into these kind of grindhouse movies and it kind of and it developed this cult following and it's funny because I'll have people come into the office and they'll see the poster and they'll they'll be like oh my god you you did that film uh, you know and it's You know, it's because it, it's 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 just this like little niche film that people like just bump into and they're like, oh, let me check this out. And then when they watch it, they're like, oh, my God, it's just it's, you know, it, it's a it's a throwback. I mean, it's a throwback to Grindhouse movies. It's over the top, you know, um, you know, it's just it's 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 a lot of fun. So if, if you, you know, my, my advice, you know, smoke a joint and, and turn it on and laugh and just have a good time because that's what it's about. You know, by no means is this film meant to, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying, you know, we, we weren't, we weren't trying to make a film to, to, you know, to, to go to the Academy Awards with, we were just trying to make a film to have fun and, and, and do, you know, and do it and prove to ourselves we could make a feature. And, and we did. And, and it, and it, it definitely uh, led to other things, but it's, it's over the top. It's gory, it's fun. And, uh, you know, and, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's something, uh, I would recommend to anyone who who enjoys grindhouse cinema or just horror comedy in general. So, proving that you could at that time complete a project entirely, Brian Skiba and this distribution deal allowed you and uh, allowed uh, your. Uh, team uh, to explore the dark side and dive deeper into the hidden emotions because this is the exact meaning of what a blood moon is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, anytime you get a distribution deal, it's it's kind of a uh, it's it's a big event as 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 a filmmaker, um, you know, because number one, you you know that your content's going to be seen, you know, and I think that's something as artists we all want to, you know, we we all try to achieve, you know, is, is we want people to, to look at our content and, and go, you know, and, and watch it and, and ultimately have, have an experience with it. You know, I, I don't always make content for people to, you know, to love. I mean, sometimes you make content for people to be, uh, you know, um, to have, have, uh, you know, to, to be, uh, unsettled you know and and you make content you know it's it's just you, you make you make films to give people an experience and and to um and to really um you know take them on a journey and and what that journey is 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 always defined by uh you know is, is defined by what the artist's intent is and so you know i've I've made a lot of films and, and, you know, so not always is it, is it, is my intent for, you know, an audience to just, you know, um, you know, to, to watch the film and, and be like, um, you know, obviously we want them entertained. We, you know, we want to give them a good product, but at this end of the day, what, what is, what is the intent? You know, is it for them to walk away super happy and loving? Is it for them to walk away thinking about what they just saw Is it for them to walk away scared? You know, you, you got to think about what what your intent is. And so, as an artist, when you first get that distribution deal, you you really got to start thinking about well, what what's my intent? Because now it's going to be seen. It's going to be seen. And so, um, and so, it's exciting. It's an exciting exciting adventure when you get a distribution deal. Um, comes with some responsibility, but you know, my mine was uh, very fortunate. You know, we were very fortunate and. You know, my wife and I are very excited and, and it opened up some doors, you know, it definitely opened up doors and uh, it, it led to a Showtime movie that we did called uh, Dirty Little Trick. And that, again, was supposed to be kind of like this dark noir piece and it was going to be black and white and... It was funny because we, we, we filmed the movie in black and white and we had this great DP, Joe Passarelli, and, and it was like, you know, it was a beautiful film. And it, it was it was Michael Madsen and Dean Cain and, you know, it was, it was a really cool movie and um, it was for Showtime. And so it was like, wow, we've actually, you know, we're, we're actually making a movie now for, you know, for Showtime. It's like, this is great. And so we were super excited. And um, 
we delivered the movie and showed it to everybody in black and white, but we had popped the colors. So it was kind of like that um, Sin City look. And the one of the, the foreign distributor came back and, you know, these guys are lawyers. They're not artists. They're not filmmakers. They're, they're freaking lawyers. And, and they come back to us and goes, no, nobody, nobody buys black and white, bro. Nobody buys black. You got to make this color. You have to make this color. I'm thinking to myself, you guys are lawyers. I mean, I don't tell you how to do legalese. I, you know, but what, what do I know? Okay, fine. You know, and I, I was a little, I, I, I probably gave in a little too easy. I probably should have fought harder, but I, I gave in, you know, I was like, fine, whatever they want. I went and I, and I colorized the movie. Well, of course, that was the same year that the best picture winner at the Academy Awards was, guess what? A black and white picture. So, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, um, as an artist, sometimes you got to fight for what you believe because, and I've learned that over and over again. It's like, you know, um, there's a lot of people in the, in the industry that aren't artists. There, there, there's a lot of businessmen. There's a lot of lawyers. There's, there's a lot of just, you know, uh, wealthy people that want to be in it and, at the end of the day, you know, and that's great. That's great. I, I, I love them all. And, and, and at the same time, some I don't. And, you know, so it's like, it's like this, uh, you know, it's like, all right, I, as an artist, you know, who do you listen to? Who do you trust? And, and that's, that becomes very difficult. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I think, I think there's a, uh, something to be said as far as just, um, sticking to your guns as an artist and going, no, I mean, I, I wish I would have stuck to my guns and said, no, no, this is a black and white movie. That's the way it's meant to be shown, you know, pound sand and, you know, and, um, but I didn't, um, but you know, I, I have done that since, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's a, um, you know, so, so as an artist, that's, that's really what it, you know, what it is. And, and that's, you know, when, when you, you know, when, when we got the distribution and we started climbing that ladder of, of getting bigger and better films, um, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the small lessons that we learned, you know, so. Absolutely. Brian Skiba, as an artist, is it, it is important to uh, remember the award winning feature film in black and white called The Artist. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, it, 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 that was a tough one to swallow for sure. And, and, um, but you know, the, 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 the film did really well. Showtime, they, they ran that thing to death for about two years. It was, it was constantly on all the time. And so, it, you know, it, it, it did its job and it's, and it's a cool little film, you know, again, it's, it's a, It's a cool little kind of like noir piece, so. You knew Brian Skiba that because of that distribution deal, that feature film uh, was going to be seen, as you just said. So you had uh, to have very clear intent. And I, I personally believe that one of them is probably and was probably to show the landscapes and the city of Avondale in Arizona where you recorded everything which is a place close to the Aqua Fria River. 
Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly where it was. I'm surprised you know all that. That's awesome. But yeah, no, that's we 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 shot that. Um, yeah, we shot that in Phoenix, and and um, yeah, we we were in all those locations, and uh, you know, the uh, there's something mystical about the desert landscape that's cool, and and I would I would like to film more. Um, in the desert, you know, just because there is this kind of like mystery, I feel like there's like this weird kind of like shrouded mystery to desert, just like there is to kind of like a dense, dense forest. You know, I feel like those are like mysterious places and great places to tell stories, you know. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the desert is a, is a fun place to shoot, except for we were, we were shooting that one in middle of the summer. We actually ended up having, um, we actually ended up having um, an ambulance on set for a couple of days with IVs, trying making sure everybody was hydrated. You know, it was like we, we would see people start getting kind of heat strokey, and we'd be like, "All right, we'll get an IV. Go get you know." And so we go have them go sit down and get an IV. It was, uh, you know, so it's it's a little brutal. I, I recommend filming in the desert in the winter, but you know. So. <laughs> Thank you, Brian Skiba, to remind me to say to stay hydrated and uh, shooting in the desert is definitely something that you really love to do. For example, for your latest latest feature film called Dead Man Sand. Right, right. No, Dead Man's Hand. Yeah, I was shot in. Uh... It was shot in the high desert. It was that that one was shot in Santa Fe um, at a place called Eve's Ranch. It was very. It's a very famous ranch. You know, a lot a lot of a lot of great films were filmed there. The Ballad of Bustard Scruggs. You know, a couple of uh, Clint Eastwood films. It's it's a cool historic location, and and it's it's in that high desert kind of plains. And um, and yeah, so yeah, Dead Man's Hand. It's it's um, it's out now. It's that was. Uh, Lionsgate release and um, you know it just it just came out so it's um, it's all over the place you can purchase it it's not streaming yet but you can definitely purchase it for DVDs or Blu-ray and and uh, you know um, on on demand you know Vudu and those kind of things um, Amazon so uh, but it's it's a great it's a great little film and again that's another one that's that carries the Skiba Vision label it's it's grindhouse it's kind it's a it's not your standard um, western and, and it's it's got a little twist and and that's what's fun in film is you don't always have to walk the middle of the road and you know I, I just don't you know so it's like you know so it's got this little twist in it and, and um, you know so the the twist is um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. I won't spoil it, but people need to watch it and, and enjoy, you know, just kind of what it is. You know, I, I think there was, there's one reviewer and he's like, I'm confused because I'm laughing at some of these scenes and I'm going, yeah, you're, that's the whole idea is, is it's grindhouse, man. You're, you're supposed to have a good time, you know, so laugh, enjoy it, you know, um, and, and, don't worry that it's it's not um, the, on the list for the next Academy Award because it's just not it's not that type of filmmaking. So, um, but you know it's it's doing well. It's doing great actually. It's doing very well. And and um, Lionsgate's super happy. They've just they've just hired me and and my team and my wife. We're all we've all been uh, hired to to um, to start another western uh, called The Gunslinger. So we'll be. Well, we won't be in the desert on that one again. Um, 
you know, New Mexico, um, you know, it's, it's a fun place to shoot, but uh, I think we're going to try out uh, Kentucky this time. But, uh, you know, the New Mexico is funny because the high desert, it's, it's like one day it's super hot and you're sweating. And then the next day it's snowing. And it was like, they literally did that to us. It was like, we're hot. And, you know, and then that morning we wake up and it, the clouds have socked in and it starts snowing. And we had filmed uh, three weeks of, of sunny skies. And then we have, Cole Hauser, Steven Dorf, um, you know, Jack Kilmer, all my big stars on set and it starts snowing and it's like, you know, you only get these stars for a certain amount of time and that's it. They, they go home, you know, it's like, that's all you get. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, again, we're, we're dealing with independent filmmaking. We're dealing with very, uh, very, uh, stringent budgets. You know, there's, there's no wiggle room. It, it is what it is. You got to get the shots. You got to get it done. You, you, you can't, you, you know, there, there isn't overages. And if there is overages, then it starts coming out of, out of the producer's pockets themselves. And considering I was one of the producers on that show, I was like, all right, we just got to get it done. So you figure out a way, you know, but um, weather is always an aspect. And so we we went inside and funny enough, we went inside. We started uh, shooting scenes inside with 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 Stephen Dorff and, and Cole Hauser. And by the time we went outside, the snow had melted. You know, and one of the producers comes to me and he's like hair on fire. He's like, oh, insurance claim. It's the end of the world. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let's go inside and see what it looks like at noon. And by the time we walked out, it was it was clear skies and and most of the snow had melted. But um, we, we were we were very fortunate. But it was, um, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, dead man's hand. It's, it's It's a fun ride. I mean, if you like Westerns, if you're into kind of the. Um, you know, it's based on a graphic novel called No Rest for the Wicked, Dead Man's Hand. Um, you know, so, um, you know, and, the, and these guys are Source Point Press is the publisher. So if you go to any of the Comic Cons, there's lots of swag you can buy for the film. There's, you know, these guys are at all the Comic Cons. And um, yeah, so it's it's fun to be partnered up with, um, you know, other creatives and, and to take some, to, to take a, uh, to, take a graphic novel and and make it make it uh, come to life you know this is my um my second time i've done that and it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to do so it is very fun to do brian skiba and there is a twist in a dead man's end and if your upcoming feature film is not happening in the desert it is probably going to happen on an American football field, which is at the complete opposite of the desert because it requires a lot of vegetation and a lot of water. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's Kentucky and, and, and we have an old West town that we're going to be shooting in. And, and it is, it's going to be, um, well, when we shoot it, it'll be like late October, um, early November. So it should have that nice kind of fall. You know, that's what we're going, that's, that's what we're going for. It's like, it'll be, you know, the ideas in the, in the, in the movie, the idea is that it's the first storm of the winter. And so we've, we've timed it with that kind of, uh, season. So we're, we're hoping that the, the leaves are changed and, 
it's looking like fall and we can really sell that it's like the first storm of the winter, you know, and that's when the, that's when the story takes place. So I, I think the timing's impeccable and, and, um, you know, as long as everything else comes together, knock on wood, um, we'll, we'll be shooting it in, you know, a little less than four weeks. So. Absolutely. Brian Skiba. And I just mentioned, uh, the American uh, football field because this is a sport that you used to play at a very high level and actually also a discipline that took you away from filmmaking from numerous years. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, was, um, yeah I mean, fo uh, football was one of my passions. Um, I... Uh, I, you know, I started filmmaking when I was very young. My parents bought a, bought a VHS camera, you know, and it was the rage of the night or, you know, early nineties, late eighties. And so I was, you know, I was making these like short films with my brothers and my brother's friends. And we were, we were filming a lot of, uh, you know, these little short kind of, it was like, you know, it was funny cause I was even making kind of grindhouse-esque films then too, you know, all just crazy aliens attack and the TikTok killer and just all these like dumb, you know, crazy kid stuff. And so I was like, um, and, and then, um, my mom wanted me to play a sport. And so I, I tried baseball, but I didn't have the best vision, but I was a bigger kid. And so I played football and I was like, Oh man, I can, I can, I'm, I'm good. Cause I'm big, you know, I run people over. So, Um, so I got into that when I was about 14, 13, 14, and that pretty much occupied all my time until I was, uh, uh, early twenties. You know, I, I played up into, uh, freshman of college and then I got hurt. Um, and when I got hurt in college, I was, um, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I kind of kind of, uh, actually dropped out of school after I got hurt a little bit. You know, I, I finished the, I finished the semester I was in the fall semester. And then I was like, you know, I was away from home and everything. And, and I had, I had severely damaged my, um, um, you know, my hamstring and like shredded it. It was and the coming back was going to be really rough. And so, um, and so I, uh, decided that it was, maybe it was time to move on to something else. And, um, and so I, I, um, I went to, uh, I, I went back home for a little bit and, um, started going to, uh, uh, Arizona state university, which was at home. And, uh, and I took a screenwriting class cause I, I still enjoy, and I, I, I thought, I thought to myself when I went back to school, I was like, well, you know, filmmaking's a little bit out of reach, you know, unfortunately this was like, um, mid to late nineties. And so digital film was just like starting to really take off and, you know, and I was, and I was only 19 and I was like, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't have the money to go buy a film camera. And so it felt, it felt out of reach to me. You know, it's not like today where the kids can make a movie on their phone. It, it was, it was a little out of reach. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go write books because that's probably the closest I could get to making movies. So I started a creative writing major at ASU, 
And I took a screenwriting class and one of the professors was like, hey, man, you, you've got a real talent in writing and especially scripts. You know, it's like script writing is such a unique art. You know, it's it's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like drag, ra- you know, it's kind of like drag racing. It's I always compare it to drag racing. It's like some people, they write novels, which which is like NASCAR. You know, it's like the big, long four hour race. Script scripts are like boom, you know. It's like you gotta, you gotta, you 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 gotta tell your story fast. It's it's ninety it's ninety pages. There's you know you, you don't spend a lot of time pontificating about what a character thinks because you don't see that you know. And in scripts are all about seeing. So it's it's very succinct writing. It's very technical writing and. And the the guy was like, you should really try this. He's like, there's a film school in Scottsdale. Why don't you, why don't you uh, see if you can get in over there? So I went over to the film school. Of course, it was it was easy to get in. It wasn't like it wasn't like USC or anything. Um, so I got I got in and and started a and started a screenwriting trek. And so I, I, I learned I learned how to write screenplays, and I. I I, f- I fell in love with it. It was it was uh, became a passion, and I just and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I, and you know everybody else was like I want to play with the cameras because they had a sixteen millimeter Bolex and and they had um, eight, eight millimeter cameras and you know and it was they were actually teaching on film which was like you don't find that and and you know it was it was like we were just transitioning into digital film you know digital so everybody was on the canon xl2s and things like that but this school still taught in film and i was the guy that was like actually i i was like i'll i'll, I'll learn the cameras i wanted to learn how to write and and how to write well and so i i took every writing class i could i took it you know and i i um so I took every writing class and then I took creative writing classes and um, I even took some like contract classes to learn how to write contracts. And, and it was just like, um, you know, it's just funny because I'm like a horrible speller and I'd have bad grammar. It's like my wife has to check everything I do. It's hilarious. But, um, you know, but it was, you know, that's that's really where it kind of, you know, so. Yeah. And, and so that's, you know, and, and then, yeah, eventually, you know, I, I got my hands on the cameras and we started shooting and, and, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's been, it's, it's, it's been, it was a good foundation for sure. You know, it was a good foundation, um, you know, coming off of, uh, you know, and, and it, it, it opened the doors, it opened the doors. And, and I think that's what, um, you know, if I was to like talk to my kids who are all, you know, they're in their late teens, you know, when I talk to them, it's like, you know, guys, the the things that you need to, if, if you want to be a filmmaker in, in today's day and you want to stand out, it's like the problem, the problem with everything is everybody just grabs a camera and goes and runs and shoots something, you know, and, and you watch half of these YouTubers and, and it's like, uh, I, I filled my bus with Oreos. It's like, <laughs> who cares, man? I mean, it's like, you know, you, you filled my bus with milk. It's like, okay, I, I get it, dude. You guys are out, you guys are out of good ideas. It's like, it's like, you know, it, it's so, you know, it's like I, I, I try to, you know, if I was to impress upon any any of the younger generation, it, it was it's to go out and 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 try to, um, you know, tr- 
try to get the basics of, of storytelling down. You know, I, I get reality TV and I get the attraction, but if you're going to be really a filmmaker and tell stories, you've, you've got to be able to at least write down the blueprints and the blueprint is a script and you got to understand a beginning, middle and end. And, and even, even now, you know, um, you know, I'm shoot, what am I almost, almost 20 years away from college and I'm still learning every day on how to, how to, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'm always learning. And, and that's something you, know, you, you do throughout your life is you're always learning and you're always trying to expand and, and always learning. And, and um, so, yeah, so I, I would say, you know, to young filmmakers, you know, um, the, we, we have, the, the cameras these days are so advanced. It's like, okay, you know, um, you, you guys are super lucky you know, as, as filmmakers go, because you have all the tools that, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have, we didn't have these tools and now everybody's got them and that's great. So you have the tools, you know, now focus on the basics, you know, which is, which is storytelling, which is screenwriting, which is, you know, you, you still got to tell a story. And so, um, yeah, man. So, you know, I mean, football was fun, but I, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm fortunate I found the path I did and, um, you know, and, um, but I, you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful. We all have the tools, but we all now need to build, as you just mentioned, uh, the blueprint, uh, which is uh, having a great story and a great script. Thank you very much, Brian Kiba. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's it's been a it's been a blast to talk about you know what's going on, what's coming up. I I have another feature called Cold Deck that was just picked up by Lionsgate. Um, that'll be released um, sometime in the spring. So look out for that. Um, definitely, just look me up. I mean, there's you know my, my films are everywhere um but um you know i appreciate you having me on and giving me the time and definitely go to youtube and subscribe to blood moon rising presents we're gonna we're gonna have a big release um in october and then uh <laughs> about every two to three weeks we're gonna have a a new kind of grindhouse uh short you know or, or, you know, it'll either be their short film, we're, we're going to do short films, we're going to do features that are split up, you know, we're going to do, it'll be between 15 and 20 minutes per segment, but it'll be like short films, uh, episodic short, you know, shorter, shorter content, kind of like 15, 20 minute. Um, we're going to do some features. <laughs> and so these are all, but these will all be like grindhouse based. <laughs> so like just over the top grindhouse based. Um, you know, put push in the envelope of probably what YouTube allows, but you know, we'll uh, it'll be it'll be super fun and and um, I, you know, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate any kind of sub, sub, anybody to follow. So 